0: John Griffith-Jones, thank you very much indeed for talking to Cambridge Judge Business School's podcast series today. We've listened to your leadership um, lecture. As chairman of the largest KPMG region, uh, 3,000 partners, 55,000 staff, would you have expected the crash that we had globally last year?
1: Uh, Unfortunately not, or maybe fortunately not. I wish I had been able to forecast it. Uh, But I'm afraid I, along with many others, didn't see it coming. Uh, I've certainly learned a hell of a lot from it.
0: You talked about being an auditor, your career as being an auditor too. But what went wrong? Surely we should be able to displace some of the blame, perhaps onto your profession and others, because you should have known the
1: risks. I think that that no one knew, no one knew the risks if if everyone had known that what the risks were we wouldn't have got the position we did so and at the end of the day the job of the auditor is to say that the the accounts for last year were right not what, what not not act as a sort of fortune teller as to what's going to uh, what's going to happen uh, what happened next I think all of a lot of us with hindsight would say that we didn't think this would happen and we certainly were in a position where had we realized it was going to happen we would have stopped it uh, and the trick going forward is to say well, what are the lessons we've learned to make sure it doesn't happen again?
0: Now, you talked at the beginning about Dickens. We went back yeah. 150 years, little Dorrit, and, and you know, the, the Ponzi scheme, which clearly uh, was a scam. But, but um, and, and do you think that, that everybody acts with the same morality, the same integrity, and, and you know, the fraudsters can be spotted?
1: No, I think there's a spectrum. There's absolutely a spectrum. The fraudsters are, are very extreme at one end, and then there's a sort of rainbow coalition uh, somewhere, uh, you know, uh, uh, across all the professions. The, the issue is always that what what price morality, which is which is an eternal question, which which can't be can't be answered. I think we absolutely owe it to ourselves to to catch the outright. Criminals, and, and that, that is part of the audit process, uh, and indeed of many other regulatory type processes. So I, I think we accept that people have responsibility for doing that. But that, that in a way, is the easy bit. The thing that went wrong in the in the banking crisis, uh, leaving aside Madoff, is that there was no fraud per se, or at least there's no major accusations of fraud. There was a, plenty of accusations of varying degrees of morality that exacerbated. The crisis and turned it from a spot crisis to a sort of universal one.
0: And, and you deconstructed the subprime mortgage sector, didn't
1: you? That was a Ponzi scheme. No, that wasn't, no, absolutely, it wasn't a Ponzi scheme, no. The, the, these were, were real mortgages packaged into real bundles and sold to, for real money to real people. The, the, the problem was that the quality of the packages, ex, this is of course ex post rationalisation, was not AAA. And yet, somehow, through the process, many of the packages—I'm not saying they were rated AAA—but they, they had through um, the distribution of risk by very clever people, somehow got a credit rating that they never deserved.
0: Now we, we had uh, Enron. We, then we had—we've had, had Parmalat too. Um, you talked of the need for better standards of governance uh, for national and international regulation, didn't you? Yeah. That, that actually you can't leave it, leave it to the corporations themselves. Why have you come to that conclusion?
1: Well, I think, I think the, 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 one has to come to the conclusion based on, on what happened. Uh, and, you know, whilst one bundles up banks in generality as saying, well, there's plenty went wrong, but there are some banks that didn't, didn't basically put a foot wrong, but who have been very badly affected because, essentially, they lent to the other banks... Who, um, who were doing less good things, shall we say, or were less well-run. So that th- you have this sort of domino effect or externality or systemic, systemic risk that any one management cannot rest easy at night. If you, if you run a bank, you cannot rest easy at night unless you're happy that every other bank is also regulated to a similar standard, hence the need for a, a national, well, w- what we thought was national, but now clearly needs to be absolutely an international system of regulation.
0: Because others in the international business management world have, have redefined the risk management models and said, well, look, you know, we, should have, uh, we weighted this too heavily, we should have given this a, a different weight. But you, you, again, you've come back to that focus of the regulation, of the needs for government intervention.
1: Well, I think it's a bit like driving a car. You know, we, we all accept you, you, you drive on the left, otherwise you have chaos if some people are allowed to drive on the right. It doesn't work. So this is, this is regulation, but, but once you get used to it, uh, everyone's driving by the same rules, so so that's fine. It's quite a level playing field, and you can go in the slow lane or you can go in the fast lane. So I don't think regulation is necessarily a bad thing or an intrusive thing, as long as it's clear. It's a level playing field for all the competitors in the business, and the regulation is designed in a way that it is actually tackling the issue at hand. So the to take a specific example... The regulators were, or at least the, 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 bank, the banking regulators, were very concerned with the level of inflation, uh, the retail price indices around the world, but not very concerned with the level of asset inflation. So you had, you, you had your drive on the left thing, but it wasn't the right rule, or it wasn't the only rule that, that was needed.
0: What about the role of auditors, because that's very much your <coughs> profession, when you come to something like Northern Rock, where they thought on a corporation level that they, they'd got... A, a new way of, of um, you know, running a corporation, of running a business. They didn't need their branch offices. Should someone have spotted that that actual um, model of business was wrong?
1: Well, what they what they absolutely should have done, and, and for all I know, almost certainly did, was to say, look, if we rely on the wholesale funding market, then if the wholesale funding market dries up, we have a big problem. I, I, I'm sure they got that far. In fact, I think... It's well-known. Everyone understood that. But where the, then the next bit was, well, what's the chances of the wholesale fund, funding market drying up? Answer, well, that can't happen because we've got regulation, and that's, if that happened, we'd have a crisis. So it won't happen, so it's a good model. I mean, that, that's the sort of logic. Well, of course, it did happen. <laughs> we didn't have a good model. But you can't really... I, I think it's a little unfair to criticise as it were, the management or the directors or, or indeed the auditors of Northern Rock in isolation for reaching the conclusion they did. I and mean, that's the learning point, that everyone thought they were doing the right thing. Everyone, everyone understood what they were doing, but it it got into trouble.
0: Now, a word you use is rinky-dinky as well as sort of relying on, on Dickens. But but one of the things that you ended up telling uh, the, the um, students, uh, the MBA students at the Cambridge Judge Business School today, was that they could expect a crisis like this to happen again in their lifetime, because you can't eradicate all risk. Do you really believe that?
1: Well, I don't want to believe it, but, but on the basis that the average age is 30 and they're going to retire at 60, it would be an unprecedented uh, 30 years of world sort of economic development if they didn't have a bump between now and retirement. I think that's the challenge them. I mean, what, what I absolutely think is you, you will have cycles, economic cycles, but what we, what, what we really need to avoid is something as severe as what we've just been through. Um,
0: and do you think perhaps you're very much someone who has got to the top in your profession by knowing your profession intuitively, working your way up in the organisation, working your way up through the different branches of, of KPMG? Do you think that that expertise in experience actually uh, provides a buffer f- for the risks that your uh, corporation takes
1: well yes i do i do to a degree a um, i joined in 75 which was immediately after 74 when the stock market was unbelievably at 130 i think at the bottom so i've seen it once twice about five times i've been through recession so i i think you do accumulate experience but I have to admit, you don't accumulate enough experience to see, <laughs> see what's coming next, which is precisely what happened this time. But, but yeah, wisdom, wisdom through age is, is a part of it, uh, but not, unfortunately, enough all on its own.
0: And finally, you also mentioned that partnership between the young man whose brain, or woman whose brain is functioning faster, and that experience we've just spoken of.
1: Yeah, I think it's the hare and the tortoise. Uh, you know, if they can work together... Uh, You get a very powerful answer, uh, but you need this mutual respect as opposed to deferential relationship to ensure that the young guys listen to uh, you know, as much as the old guy, which is easy to say and not so easy to achieve in a big organisation.
0: Well, John Griffith-Jones, thank you very much indeed for talking to Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it a lot. Thank you ever so much for imparting your knowledge to us.
1: Thank you very much for having me.